Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. God has called all of us to be on mission, and many of us have a heart for different groups, but all of us should have a heart for the children. Jesus made it plain that children were very, very important to him. This is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper, and thank you for listening this weekend to Exploring Missions. We pray that God would touch your heart as a follower of Jesus Christ to be on mission for him. Nathan, children are important to the Lord Jesus, aren't they? Absolutely, yes. And we find that in Luke 18, 15, Jesus was busy. His apostles thought that he was too busy for the children, but what did Jesus say? Well, he saw that the disciples were keeping the children from coming, and he rebuked them. And then Jesus turned and invited the children to him. He said, let the little children come to me and don't stop them, because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. There's a few times, not often, but a few times in Scripture it's recorded that Jesus was a little upset, was angry. And, you know, we're not talking about out-of-place anger. We're talking about righteous anger. and He actually even here rebuked the disciples. But some of the times, the times when he was, I think, the most angry was when people were preventing others from being near him or preventing others from hearing the good news, preventing people from getting to God. And here's the disciples of all people who later would be sent out to bring people to God, to share the good news of Jesus with people. But here they were doing the opposite. They were keeping the children away from Jesus. Jesus, he was like, hey, that's the opposite of what I really want you to be about. In that culture, they were less important than the adults. And Jesus raised their value. He raised the value of of women in his day that Mm -hmm. they, they need the gospel and Jesus Christ has place for them. And for these children, they came unto Jesus and how many pictures have been painted with Jesus with the children. With our three sons, you're the oldest, we would go through the picture Bible and two or three things that would always get all three of your attention was Jesus with the children. Yeah. And so children in evangelism and missions is important. You have child evangelism, but one of the things that's just worldwide is Operation Christmas Child through Samaritan's Purse. Nathan, I I get to travel to many, many churches now since I've been with American Family Radio, and I'm amazed. Most of them, most of them participate in Operation Christmas Child, bringing those shoe boxes and putting them together. Most of the people that do that, they do it in prayer, too. Mm. They're praying for the person that will get this. Yes. Uh, it's a very effective ministry when it comes to carrying the gospel to the world, isn't it? It is. And you're talking about carrying the gospel to the world, which is what this program's about. We talk a lot about the 1040 window. We hear that and say that a lot. And Operation Christmas Child through Samaritan's Purse can get into a lot of those 
1040 window countries where there's very limited access to the gospel. And they're able to uh, deliver these shoeboxes along with the good news of Jesus into these hard-to-reach places. But there's another window, actually, that this kind of, I think, is is relevant here. Have you heard of the 4 to 14 window? That's new to me. Okay, so the 4 to 14 window, it's not about location, it's about age. Okay. So most people in the world who come to know Jesus, they have access to the gospel when they hear the gospel. Most people that follow Jesus in belief do so between the ages of 4 and 14. It's a very critical age. So Operation Christmas Child meets both of those yeah. needs in many yeah. ways. It's pretty amazing. The interview that you're going to hear will bless you as you see how God, I don't know any other word, in his sovereignty yeah. brought this about. And if you don't think God does not hear your prayers or hear the prayers of children around the world, stay tuned for this interview. It will bless you, and you'll see how God works. Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Dania Yadega. And, Dania, it's good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. We're glad you're here and glad that you could stop in and share your story with us. Yeah, it's such a privilege. You're with Operation Christmas Child, and we're so glad that you could be a part of that. We partner with Operation Christmas Child as a ministry, and it's been a great ministry, and we praise the Lord for that. So we want to talk about that and what that means to you and how well it's happened to you. And so I understand you received one of the shoeboxes. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. I'm just one child out of 168 million children that received an Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift. Repeat that number again. It takes a little while to get my brain around that number. 168 million. 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 We're talking millions. And it's so hard to wrap your mind around it. But 26 years since this project started and since then, 168 million children received a shoebox. Okay. So this shoebox found you in the Middle East. That's correct. Tell me about that. Oh, what a story this is. Well, I grew up and I was born and grew up in a country in the Middle East where the majority of people were not Christians. You know, I'm talking about 98% of the population that were not Christians, totally opposite of what we know here in America and what we were used to. And so having that in mind, and as my family were in that part of the world, as, as somebody shared with us the good news of Jesus, and as we has uh, given our life to Jesus, and as my parents wanted to share the good news there, that put us in that category where we'll be persecuted. Right. We were less than 2%. And we knew that our mission as followers of Christ is to share the hope that once was shared with us. So we kept sharing the gospel in that part of the world. And that resulted in persecution for my family. Uh, We received multiple death threats that were posted on our door, giving us the option of leaving the village, stop sharing the gospel, or we would be killed. Let me ask you, was it governmental or was it local or religious? It was local. Local. And a lot of times that is the case in many of these countries. It's not necessarily the government, although they suppress it, but the real harsh persecution is local and religious. That's so true. It was from the people around us. Okay. Well, we want to concentrate on the shoebox. Describe what this meant to you, receiving this shoebox, and did it affect your family, I guess, as well? Absolutely. So, you know, as I mentioned, of course, living in persecution, that 
caused me to feel alone so many times. And we were also in severe poverty. And so the persecution and poverty was, uh, this was the thing that I was facing while living in the Middle East. And that's the time as a little girl, I started to pray for uh, something that would put so much joy in my heart and give me glimpses of hope to keep going in the midst of persecution and poverty. And that's when Operation Christmas Child came into my life. Mm. And it, it literally brightened my my day, brightened my life, and added colors into my black and white childhood. Living in poverty meant that I would not have my own personal items, meant that I would not, will not be receiving gifts or Christmas or on my own birthday, but also meant that um, it's very difficult for me as a little child to ask my mom, my parents to buy me something because I know that they could not afford that for me. And even our daily food that could not be provided. But also the poverty is the thing that taught us to pray and trust God, whatever the circumstances. And that's when my parents bought everything we needed to God in prayer. And that's why when I brought to God in prayer uh, to give me something of my own, to bring me something that would put joy in my heart, to provide school supplies and hygiene items. And even toys, because it was so expensive to buy. But there was one particular year that my family needed uh, something that we could not afford. And that thing was to have something as a radio, to be able to listen to a Christian radio station and to listen to the news. And you know, in the Middle East, it's so difficult to have access to that. But we could not afford it, so we bought it to God in prayer. So keeping in mind all of the things that we brought to God in prayer, and then that day... When I received my Operation Christmas Child Shoebox gift and opened the lid of my box, I remember how excited I felt. I mean, my heart was racing. I was shaking from excitement. It was such a special day that I have never had before. And I found inside school supplies and hygiene items and many toys. I I just, everything was like treasures. I love them. But yet the biggest surprise for my family as we were pulling all of those items, there was another item inside that that we were shocked when we found out what it was because that little item was a mini radio. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And we we could not believe our eyes that out of millions of children and millions of boxes that God will send that box specifically into our family, you know, with the things that we needed and had prayed for specifically. But that reminded us that God sees where we are and, and he hears our prayers. He is an, God who is alive, you know, he's the good father, he's the good shepherd. And and he was showing us that even the simple things that we bring to God in prayer, God hears and he provides. And now you're here being interviewed on in for exploring missions on the radio. That's right. (laughs) And, and your voice is going out hopefully to some young boys and girls Mm. who may have received another radio from Operation Christmas Child, and you're giving them hope. The hope that is there hope in that shoebox. I, when I heard that, and I heard the things that you were praying for, that that shoebox is filled with help, but also hope, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's really a symbol. It's yeah. a representation. We we think maybe we look up from our end, living in this country, that you know what? I would not be excited to receive pencils and 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 a soap and and simple toys on christmas day on my birthday we look from this perspective but we forget that not everybody lives the american life that we have you know to us i remember when i received that shoebox gift that day i'm i just prayed and 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 pinched myself many times and i thought god this could not be real because 
it was just so good to be true. I mean, it was so good to be true, not only to receive a gift, but also to receive items inside that I knew, I, I realized when I was young that I would never be able to afford. Wow. Well, I, I want you to take us on your journey in the Middle East to the United States. And I don't know how to, you negotiate time-wise and geographical, but tell us about the journey to the U.S. Absolutely. So after uh, I received my shoebox gift, that definitely was the highlight of my childhood. And my family, my family just, it was an affirmation to them to keep doing what they're doing because we also took those boxes and we went to neighboring villages where no one has shared the gospel before. And we took them as a tool and we entered the homes of people who have never heard the gospel using the shoeboxes to give to their children. And we shared the gospel with them. And so that was such a big tool for us to share the gospel. But of course, as I said, as we stayed and shared the gospel, the persecution did not stop on my family. But God honored when we stayed and when we shared the gospel with people, he honored it by showing us that there are people there who need to hear the gospel. Uh, one story that I love to share, and it, it, it can just show how God can use sometimes our faithfulness and, and, and obedience, even when sometimes it's hard. When we stayed there and shared the gospel, we had a police officer one time who came to our house with a fully loaded gun, wanting to shoot my dad. And he knew my dad just stood up, and he told him, can you just give me a few minutes to tell you why I am doing what I'm doing and what it is? But the police officer was so angry and he said, you know, we have warned you so many times and you have not stopped. And this gun is fully loaded and I have shot many people with it. I don't mind doing it again. We were in the living room with my dad and, and we, we thought my dad was crazy when he, when he just stood up and starting to share the gospel with him. But I believe this is the boldness that the God gives in such a time as this. And he put, opened the Bible, shared the gospel with a police officer. And after three hours of conversation, after the police officer heard the gospel, he gave his life to Christ. And he left with a Bible after coming with a fully loaded gun. <laughs> I mean, only God can do that. Only God, as we say. Only God. But we, we knew that God honored our faith. Now, did we, we didn't necessarily expect that we would not be harmed. It was a matter of just when it's going to happen. But God just chose for my family to be protected, even when our friends were murdered for their faith. That's always, uh, we don't know all the ways of God. We know some of the ways, but his ways are higher. Right. And they're mysterious. And why some are killed and others are not, I trust him. Uh, but as believers, we, we're okay. We're with him. For eternity. Exactly. When we're with him, you know, that Paul says to live as Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. And, and if you, sometimes it's hard to believe what that means unless you're in a situation where it will require to give up your life yeah. for the sake of Jesus. I have a friend that was in a European country that was ruled by communism and uh, he had children and he taught his daughter to say martyrdom might be a part of our future and uh, to be with Christ. And mm -hmm. so I, that world is a different world than in America. And we as Americans, that's why we are amazed at your stories. And so this happened in one country. Did it happen in the other countries, the persecution? Did it follow you as you went from country there in the Middle East? 
so we stayed in that country for the majority of my my life. Okay. Uh, we we had to leave this country after um, living and sharing the gospel in it because we were in war as well, and we have experienced a lot of terrorist attacks against us. So we left the country to another country for about fourteen months, and <coughs> that's when we applied as refugees. And as we applied after fourteen months of being in that other country we were able to come to United States. Now, here's the amazing God thing that happened. Not only God protected us while living in my country, but God saw the future. I mean, obviously it's God. He knows the future, but he saw what was happening and he pulled my family just at the right time because after we left the village, that same village that we were living in was taken and destroyed by mm. terrorist groups. Yes. And there was no one left. Mm. And so just to think how God just truly was over and over telling us that he had a plan. And I have wondered so many times, like why, why God just pulled my family at the right time. And then when I realized that I am in this part of the world, in this country, I feel like God brought me here because there's a responsibility that he wants me to take on and to carry. And that responsibility is to come and tell people, you know, come and tell of what does it mean to have an experience, the power of prayer Yes. And what does it mean to be in a situation where you have nothing? But when you pray and trust God, he will He will exactly provide what you have asked for. What does it mean to be persecuted? You know, because a lot of people here don't understand that. Right. No, we are so thankful to have this freedom, and I'm thankful for it. In fact, when I first came to the States, the first thing I wanted to do was to visit a church. And I was surprised to see that between a church and a church, there was another church in the middle. <laughs> like you have so many churches. <laughs> On in, every corner, in as we every say. every corner. Uh-huh. And... And that just blew my mind. But part of me, when I talk to people here, something that I realized was many people go just to check the li- the church out of their list. And um, obviously, I mean, there are a lot of faithful ones, you know, yeah. a lot of faithful ones that truly go. But there are some that go just to check it out of their list and think that we ha- they have done a favor to God. But in, in where I grew up, you were not even ha- allowed to have a church building. Yeah, I had it. The friend that was t- taught his daughter about martyrdom, as he came to the United States, he used this. He said, for his living the true Christian life that mm-hmm. you see in the New Testament, it is more difficult to live the true follower of Christ under prosperity than it is under persecution. <laughs> because his t- Now, he was thankful for it. He, didn't, yep. he did not diminish that. But he said, under prosperity, you start taking things for granted, the church. If I don't go this Sunday, it'll be there next Sunday. If I don't do this, it'll be there. But when you're living under persecution, every day is precious to you. Absolutely. We didn't didn't even know. It was a matter of day. People didn't make long-term plans because you never know if you're going to live to see them. We lived every single day, just our daily bread. We woke up and we did what God has told us to do. Um, So that's, that's right. We have a lot here that... Uh, when I came, I was amazed of how many people, I mean, you can have concerts outside in the public. Yeah. Like you can, a lot of things that just shocked me and I was thankful. And for we don't want to lose that. You don't, no, we don't want to lose that. Absolutely. No. But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't appreciate what you have until you lose it, and I know. why would you wait for that? <laughs> That's the reason you're so important to have here, to let people know how awesome it is mm-hmm. that God has privileged, you know, we're privileged as a country, not because of us, but because of God's grace upon us, 
And what a responsibility. Too yeah. much is given, much is exactly. required, that's, isn't it? That's exactly the verse I was just thinking about as you were talking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I so, was thinking that that's what the Bible says, much is given, much is required. It is. Well, tell us about, I, I want to know more about the radio. Did you Were you able to bring it with you? Out of the country, or did you leave it there? So when we left the country, we had to leave with only one carry-on bag every uh, each person, and and we had to leave everything behind, including the shoebox items, you know, which was really heartbreaking for my family and for me personally because we had it for so many years. Mm-hmm. But I knew that the impact I had and that the impact this experience had for me that no one can take away, <laughs> that I have it in my heart, even when I don't have the physical items. Because the reality is that even when we give the boxes, the physical items wear out. But really what always stays out is this spiritual and emotional impact that it brings. And that's why every shoebox gift, we call it gospel opportunity. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, when we go to heaven, we're not going to be able to take those items no. with us. But we take <laughs> the results of those items, don't Amen. we? So you've That's already right. experienced some of that, that, That's that, right. that transformation. Well, tell me about the radio. I, I noticed that you may have found one similar to the one. You, I did. That, did it bring back good memories? Oh, <laughs> it did. And I'm telling you, I came to the States and, and and I got connected with Operation Christmas Child only a month after I came to United States. A month States. after you got I here? know. I was like, God was telling me, yep, I'm going to show you <laughs> something so good as you start your life here. And I, they took me to a warehouse where they process all the gifts to children. Yes. And it's like a big, hair, we call it a processing center. So it's kind of like Walmart or Sam's Club. Like it's as, as big as that. And it's turned into a processing center. So I walked inside and, and I was so amazed to see that we have about 1,500 people and Christmas trees and people wearing Santa hats and toys. I mean, I had no idea what it was and I was overwhelmed. But I remember in the Middle East, they told me about a Santa factory. <laughs> and I thought, well, wait, these people are wearing Santa hats. I think that they started his elf. I, elves, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe that, that's real. But I saw a banner hanging from the top and the banner had an Operation Christmas Child logo. You know, that's better than Santa's work. Oh, that's what I said in my mind. I was like, no, that's even better because Amen. I received the real gift. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I could not believe. I mean, I was so, so overwhelmed to know that God chose me out of millions to be standing there coming full circle, you know. And so as I got in touch with those people and saw how it all happens, I was overwhelmed. But I was reminded that this was God's sign for me in the past that he was with me. And I saw what again here in the future as though God, I mean, in the present, as though God was telling me, just as I was with you in the past, I'm with you in uh, your life, new life here in America. And so I got connected and I got the opportunity to actually share my story with them. And eventually that led to me traveling and sharing my story yeah, over the country. You, you can't keep this story to yourself. I just can't. And that's what they said, right? Yeah, and that's what God yeah. brought, why God brought me here, you know. Well, he brought your family and you here, right? And that's right. My family and, and me, like it's such a privilege. Wow. And so that's when I, when I realized that there's a story that I need to tell people about because they have no idea. And maybe God kept me alive for this reason. Yeah. And so as I connected the Operation Christmas Child, I realized that one thing that's missing is I need to find a replica of that radio. Oh. <laughs> well, it's difficult because it's hard to find a mini radio like that. And I went online because it's my, my first option. <laughs> I went online and tried to search for it. And the company was not, was not making it anymore. You know, it was one of those radios that 
was just in the 90s and that's it. You can't find it anywhere. anywhere. So I started to pray and I was like, Lord, can I please find a radio like that? Uh, I, I didn't want to just have any radio. I wanted to find an exact replica of that. So I kept searching for hours and then I found a picture that was so familiar to me. And I clicked on that picture and I remem- uh, recognized the little writings in that radio and, and the um, uh, structure of it. And I thought, well, I think that's it. And I called my mom and I asked her and she said, I think that's it. I called my dad and my family. It was just so sweet. And everybody confirmed that this was actually it because I, I remembered all the details because we kept it for so long. So I clicked on it and it was on eBay. <laughs> okay. And somebody said that I had that on my garage for about 10 years and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, well, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, as you as I hear that, you can't help but think how God lets people but not only people, but things that he brings to us that really, it really encourages us and sends us on our way to go further with God. That's just some of his love pictures to us, Danica. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just him loving us and sharing with us. Well, one more or two. Or have you been able to visit anywhere or hand out the shoeboxes to any place? Yes. So, so that, you've, been on I the, have been. you've been on the other end of giving them? <laughs> I have been. So last year, in July of last year, I went to the Philippines, the country of the Philippines, to distribute shoeboxes. And this was such an impactful experience for me because I knew at that moment that I have came full circle. And, and, and you know, God brought me just full circle to give back. But then one thing that stood out to me as I was handing the shoeboxes in the Philippines was that as I'm handing these boxes, you know, my circle of Operation Christmas Child in that aspect has came to a close. But another child's circle has started. Yes. You know, and that's what we're doing. We get to start all of those circles of those children and we never know what their life would be and how this, where, where or when their circle would close. But I know that just as God was faithful in my life, he would be in their life as well. And now isn't it possible to track your own shoebox to the country to which it goes? That's correct. You isn't can that follow amazing? That's right. You can follow your box. Everybody <laughs> complains about modern technology, you know. Oh. <laughs> but it is a blessing. God uses it as well. Well, I want you to close out by telling those who are listening today and just share share with them one thing you would like them to know about mm-hmm. Operation Christmas Child. Well, you're the ones that make stories like mine possible, and you're being missionary while being in your own home. The purpose of Operation Christmas Child is beyond the the items itself, even though God can use that, is evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. By sending the shoebox, we're evangelizing because we we share the gospel before we give the shoebox to Discipleship, we have our the greatest journey discipleship program that we started in 2009, and children are invited back to attend the discipleship program. And then finally, that leads to multiplication, is after these children give their lives to Christ, they share their faith with others, and they also accept Jesus. So you are changing communities, and it all starts from with a shoebox gift. A shoebox gift. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. And praise God for Operation Christmas Child. Amen. <laughs> You have heard about this story, about missions. Your story may not be in the Middle East, it may not be in another country, but it's your story about God calling you to be on mission for Him. Don't miss it. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. Tis the season to pack a shoebox. 
Operation Christmas Child drop-off locations open soon, so don't wait. By filling an empty shoebox with fun toys, school supplies, and hygiene items, you can send the good news of Jesus Christ to a child in need around the world. Drop off your gift at one of our nearly 5,000 locations nationwide during National Collection Week, November 18th through the 25th. Visit SamaritansPurse.org OCC to learn more and find a drop-off location near you.